joining us and getting to the top where we interview transformational leaders about their leadership journey and hope that you can learn something that will help you in your career. And also, if you're on a leadership journey or contemplating one, this can help inspire you to follow that path. Today, I have the immense honor of interviewing my friend, someone that I have admired for years, at least 20 years, I've admired this amazing woman, Anya Schnoor. I met her when she, in Jamaica, probably around 20 years ago, when she was um, with DBNG, I think at the time, and then you went to Scotia, and she has just blazed trails internationally. And I couldn't be more proud of this fellow um, fellow Caribbean woman. And whenever I think that I'm not reaching high enough, or I think that the, the thing that I have in my mind is too high, I think of Anya and I was like, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Welcome, Anya. Thank you. Great to be here. It's good to see you. It's been too long. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell us about your, just just give us an overview and then we'll get into it. Sure. Um, well, I'm the executive vice president for um, in international banking in Scotia Bank and I have responsibility for the Caribbean, Central America and Uruguay um, in the bank. And, you know, really excited to be here to chat to you today. All right, fantastic. So tell me about did you how did you how did you start? What did you think when you were running around in Jamaica? What did you think you were gonna be? <laughs> well, my mom always tells the story that um, to anybody that she can um, chat to that um, from when I was an early age, um, I always was um, the one that sort of organized my friends to save our our um, pocket money to buy sweets. And I had a little book and I was always logging everybody's contribution to our sweet fund and, you know, whatever it was. So it was a surprise to her <laughs> when, <laughs> when I, I said I was, you know, um, heading off to college um, that I ended up in finance. Um, it wasn't a surprise to her because she said I always was the, the bookkeeper um, for my friends at the time. And we always had money for sweets at the end of the month. So... Um, you know, it's 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 something I obviously was passionate about, and when I went off to university, um, that's where that's where the you know it, it took me. So finance is something I always wanted to do. In your blood, is it something that was in your family, or it was just this was just you being you? Was you what did yeah. your parents do? Yeah, no, it's um, my my um, aunt's husband actually. Um, was also in Scotiabank, funny enough. And, um, you know, he he's somebody that we always looked up to. Um, you know, he ran Jamaica for um, an, a number of years for the bank. He ran Trinidad. He, he started Barbados. So nice. it was somebody that I used to listen to stories um, of, of his travels around the Caribbean and, you know, the the impact that bankers have on communities and customers and people's lives and, you know, helping people achieve their goals. So it kind of, you know, it sounded like something that um, I wanted to do. And um, so, no, my mother was a teacher. My dad was in, um, you know, ran our family business, which was in aggregate and construction. So 
nothing that um, remotely resembles finance. <laughs> but I think um, I was just drawn to a other family members that were in the business. You know, speaking of Barbados, I heard a very similar story of Mia Motley in, in kindergarten trying to organize her classmates and going to the principal. And the principal recently turned like 100 or something and had a party. And she said, little Mia came to her and said, the kids are misbehaving. And she said, well, tell them to behave. She said, I have, and they're not listening. <laughs> and so the, the, the principal said, well, they're listening to you now. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so yeah. some of us are just determined and destined for our career path. So, so you go to college and you know that it's finance and you have this passion for finance. And, and so you get out of college and how do you find your first job? So I decided, you know, to come back to Jamaica. I think I went to, to university in Florida, um, but the Caribbean is my home. And, you know, um, while I could have stayed and perhaps tried to get a job somewhere in, in the U.S., um, you know, I. Yeah, I wanted to come back. I, you know, I'm a Caribbean girl at heart, and I wanted to to get involved in, you know, this was the early '90s. I call it well, well, West days of financial <laughs> services in Jamaica. Um, but you know, I wanted to come home, and uh, my family was here, so um, I came back. And the first job I actually got was um, working for Eagle Unit Trust at the time, which was a mutual fund company. And, um, you know, I started as a management trainee, you know, um, you know, answering the phones, you know, that was kind of the first kind of introduction. Um, and I learned in that time, the value of customer experience and customer service, mm -hmm. because nothing like trying to solve somebody's needs or understand what they're looking for than speaking to somebody on the phone. But I soon realized that you know, what I really wanted to do, um, and, you know, in a unit trust company, the most exciting place at the time was the guys that were making all the decisions of where to invest the money that we okay. our customers. So I would do my day job. And then in the afternoon, and at that time, everything was manual. Um, I would sit with the um, traders and the treasury team and um, learn about what they were doing. And I became this kind of extra resource um, that they got for free every afternoon. And I would spend a couple of hours with them closing out the books for the day. And one day, lo and behold, a, a vacancy came up in their department. And I was like, hey, what about <laughs> you? know, I learned this job. And they were like this pesky, pesky girl that was always around. And they gave me a, gave me a chance, and that's why I kind of got into core um, financial services, learning treasury, learning asset allocation, um, trading at the time, stock exchange. We used to, you know, work with brokers in Jamaica to trade stocks and bonds. So that's kind of how I got into the business. Oh, wonderful! And so, it, so it is about being in the right place at the right time, but willing to put yourself forward, following your passion, not necessarily working within a box, figuring out, listen, this is the thing that really excites me. Let me go and do that. No one has assigned it to me. No one has said, go there. I'm just going to spend my time doing this because this is this is where my interest lies. Exactly. So, and, you know, it's something I encourage people, you know, sometimes 
you have to make your own career path. You can't, yeah. it's all about, it's a two-way street. So this is yeah. what I wanted to do. And obviously I couldn't do it in the day because I had my full-time job. But I made the time at the end of the day to really um, learn and, and be a resource that when an opening came up, obviously they were like, well, we'll train this person, you know, let's yeah. dance, yeah. Fabulous. All right. So then where did it go from there? So after Eagle, then I um, joined the Pan-Jamaican group. They had a bank in Pan-Caribbean at the time. And, um, you know, they were looking for somebody to be their COO. And this was now taking me into a whole other side. And, you know, this is what we need to do in our careers is challenge ourselves to do something that maybe you haven't really done before. So, um, you know, I, I moved in Eagle Unit Trust from being that trade. I eventually ended up um, in a short period of time running the company, which was, nice. um, you know, kind of um, fortuitous at the time. But I kind of really honed my skills and built my reputation. We became the largest privately owned unit trust in Jamaica when I was there. So that gave me, um, you know, some amount of visibility in the financial community. So when Pan Caribbean was looking for a COO, um, you know, they came calling. I knew I wanted to do one, learn different things. I spent, mm -hmm. I guess, at that time, uh, maybe six years at the unit trust company. So I said, you know, this was a time for me to challenge myself to something new. So I went out and joined them, um, was running their operations, marketing, um, you know, yes, treasury, but um, their, their customer experience, IT. Um, so that was a whole new experience for me. And um, that really, um, you know, allowed me to kind of learn different things, but also we went on a path of acquisition. So I was involved in the acquisition of, I think it was two or three other banks at the time. And um, that was a whole new experience because I was in charge of the integration itself. Oh, wow. And, uh, so we put together what was a relatively small bank and then joined two or three other entities together. Even went through a system conversion because we had to get a whole new banking platform. Um, wow. We acquired manufacturers at the time and nuts for capital. So lots of different things that really allowed me to learn the nuts and bolts of how a bank works and how, you know, how the connectivityness of even reconciliation. So how do you get that done? So that was a very interesting point in my career. Learned a lot, really enjoyed it. And um, I think I spent um, eight years there working. Eventually, Pan Caribbean was acquired by the Sagicor Group. Um, so, you know, obviously it became a part of a larger entity. And, um, you know, and that's what is Sagicor Investment, Sagicor Bank today. So it was a great experience. And in 2006, I got another call. Um, that's, that's how I came to Scotiabank. Um, when, you know, the CEO at the time um, was looking for somebody to head um, wealth and insurance in Scotiabank. And of course, Scotiabank being, you know, the preeminent financial institution in Jamaica, 
I thought that all right, that the Holy Grail. So I said, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, it was hard to leave. Um, I, you know, it was thought of like a little family at Pan Caribbean, but um, certainly I knew that I was ready for a new challenge. Oh, I love it. But it sounds, you know, a lot of the things that you you did, you know, the integration, the being responsible for new departments, all of that would have been for for mere mortals something scary. But it seems as though you approach everything with curiosity and an interest in, oh my gosh, let me figure this out. Oh, it's, it's an opportunity to learn. Is that what sort of alleviates your fear or is it that you don't think about it from the perspective of fear? You just think about it like, oh wow, this is so interesting. Let me just dive in. I think it's a combination. I think at the time there weren't many women, as you can imagine, um, in financial services, trying to get to the top. They were all, we were all sort of in the middle. And um, I realized that if I was going to move up, I had to be brave and take risks um, because there were a lot of people putting up their hands to lead a system integration. Nobody wants to do the, I mean, I literally slept at the bank and this is not an exaggeration. We slept at the bank for three nights straight over a weekend when we did the conversion. Like I slept on chairs. Um, so nobody was putting up their hands to do those sort of, you know, not the, the sort of um, sexy, you know, acquisition and M&A and that sort of stuff. And um, so I said, you know what, if I'm going to be different and I'm going to stand out among my male peers, I was going to have to do things that others weren't willing to do. So it was a combination of wanting to learn new stuff, wanting to further my education and knowledge. But also I realized that at that time, didn't have a lot of role models as women. There weren't a lot of women in leadership that were willing to pull me up as we have today um, Mm -hmm. through sponsorship. Um, So you know what, I had to be different. So I had to do the things that others aren't willing to do. And some of that involved taking on challenges, but I had a belief in my team, not only myself, but in that I would have built to help me with some of these things. And um, that's what gave me confidence. And that's how I've kind of led my career is making sure that I surround myself with very talented people that can help me on my career journey. Definitely. And I know that, I mean, you know, a, a mutual good friend of ours is somebody that you mentored and, you know, is doing amazing things now, you know, and that must make you so proud. For sure. Um, that's, you know, when you get to a certain point in your career, you know, it's not the um, financial results or the, you know, those things that get you excited every day. It's actually people and the yeah. impact. Um, that you have on, you know, people's careers on their lives, yeah. that you can mentor them and and see the possibilities that sometimes people can't see themselves. You know, yeah. that that is um that's something that I get very excited about when I when I see in you um the potential that sometimes because of your own fear or because of society, because of family, because of other reasons you may hold yourself back. And I'm like, no, 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 you can do it. Of course you can. You're, you can achieve your dreams and we're here to support you. 
Fabulous. So the confidence in the team and overcoming the fears followed by a, 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 a heavy dose of curiosity, a yeah. willingness to living. And I think sometimes the curiosity feels like, it, it sounds to me like it almost distracted you from the fear. Like you were so curious about, oh my gosh, how do I learn about this? You know, how you put these things together and how, we, you know, these parts fit and how you, are you reconciling and how the systems will work, all of it, you kind of get, get caught in that without having to worry as much about, I am probably the first woman doing this in this institution, in this country. And Jamaica having had such a, you, meant, you called it wild, wild west, but Jamaica went through quite a significant period of, of yes. financial uncertainty. So well, you've been in an environment where there's a lot of risk aversion as well. For sure, and I mean, you know, having, gone through um, the 90s and you know, we had the, the financial meltdown and then again in you know um, sort of I would say late 2000s um, when we had NDX not um, JDX mm-hmm. and um, you know it was it was very difficult I mean it was I've learned a lot of lessons um, it's it shaped me as a banker it's one of the reasons I'm happy to be at Scotia because we share the same sort of philosophy of what banking is and and it's it's sort of um, a calling almost because you you have such a fiduciary responsibility to people that have given you their money to make sure you make the right decisions every day that um you know it's it's something i you know has really kind of shaped who i am and um but that curiosity you talked about is you know, it's it's something that has been with me throughout my career. So in any role, when I went to Canada recently to work in Canadian banking, um, that was one of the, the things that excited me was learning new things. And, and certainly in terms of things like digital and, you know, one of, one of the areas that reported to me in Canada was our digital um, innovation in retail. And that was a whole new world for me. I had never done that before, um, but again, curiosity. How is this important to our customer? Why is this important to the bank? And then making sure you you get the team together that can can take your vision and you know what what we want to achieve and then make it a reality. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to take a risk on yourself. That's really what it is. Um, who else are you going to take a risk on if not yourself? <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, try something new and get out there and push yourself um, and take a calculated risk with your career. That's that's a, that's the key. Um, you know, and I've seen so many people succeed and do so well across my 30 odd year career that it's 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 really warms your heart okay. so then from there um entering scotia then how did you end up in trinidad so um i was five years here and um they want they sent me on a management trainee program again to canada you know really to to take this um caravan girl that they wanted you know let me see if she's as as talented as what they thought. But we have, to see her, we have to see her in the cold environment. Can she survive the cold? 
Um, so I spent a year kind of going through a rotation in various departments there. And then they said to me, hey, you know, um, we have this opportunity. And of course, I thought, you know, they were sending me back to Jamaica. <laughs> because they, they started with the Caribbean. So I was like, of course, I'm ready. <laughs> and they said, well, you know, we have an operation in Trinidad and we'd like you to go there. So I was like, Trinidad, what are you talking about? But, um, you know, I'd only known Trinidad from my days going to Trinidad for the event that they have in, in February or March, depending on <laughs> what we're famous for at Carnival. <laughs> exactly. And, um, but what I found there was, uh, again, another challenge. This was no leaving my home um, because this was no more permanent and and going to a country where I really didn't know many people, yeah. uh, didn't know the team at the bank at all, um, just maybe one or two people and really had to start from scratch to build relationships, build trust to our customers, build trust to the team. and. Um, that was a challenge and also for a bank that, um, you know, was perhaps in, um, at a place where it, it was just trying to figure out where, what was the next path, where was it going to go next. And um, I was the first female head of the bank, so that brought it in its own set of challenges. Yeah, but, uh, but it's a different was, level of scrutiny, yeah? Totally. And of course, being non-Trini, was, I was the first um, non-Trini head of the bank in maybe 30 years. So it was wow. it was a big change for the bank locally. And um, but, you know, what turned out to be what I thought was, you know, perhaps not going to work out. You know, you kind of think, oh, will they accept me? Will I be liked? Will I be able to to, you know, transform the bank and meet the expectations, you know, actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Now, it was such, it was so wonderful to see, you know, the breath of fresh air that you were coming into Scotia, leading it, um, you know, seeing you in that public sphere. Scotia is obviously such a such a global brand, but it's such a big part of Trinidad and Tobago to just see, you know, to see that, uh, and to see the integration, I think that was really meaningful as well, to see us collaborating as a region. So it's not just, okay, well, Trini's run the, you know, the Trini Scotia, it's, it's, it's seeing that learning from each other. And I think people on the outside don't necessarily realize how culturally different we can be and diverse in the Caribbean. And so there would have been a lot that you needed to learn, but also a lot that you could share about how That's things could have been done in different jurisdictions. For sure, and I think that's one of the strengths of being up, which is why ultimately when Scotia called, um, because I was comfortable in the role I was in, it was, you know, I knew everything, I knew everybody, it was, you know, I, I could have stayed in the job I was in, but I wanted to be a part of a bank where a global bank that afforded me that opportunity. And I think, you know, if I look at bank now in the Bahamas, we have a Bayesian head of Bahamas. In Cayman, we have a Belizean head of Cayman. So, you know, and in Barbados, we have a Trinidadian head of Barbados. So, you know, this kind of infusion is something that makes us unique and different and allows people to 
to learn different things and move around, you know, in VR, I have a head from Peru, you know, so it's, it, it's, it's, um, something that, you know, is, it really gives us perspective. It makes us different and, um, gives people an opportunity to move around and get, get, um, to advance in their career, which was really what happened with me because after Trinidad, and you know the five years I was there, then I was afforded the opportunity to go to Canada, and mm-hmm. that was you know such an exciting um, time because you know not I don't think at the time any Caribbean person had gone to the Canadian bank in the level that I went, and yeah. so that that has just paved the way you now for other Caribbean nationals who perhaps thought you know maybe there was a limit to my you know, potential or, you know, what they thought they could move to in the bank. And the reality is there is no limit. And it's, it's, it's all about what you um, want to do. And if this is something you want and you want to challenge yourself to get there. Fabulous. And so, you know, you, you talked about being comfortable and, and so many people say that comfort is sort of the, the, the opposite of, of growth. That when you're comfortable, you're, you're, you're not, you're not growing, you're not, you're not advancing. So how do you, how do you recognize that comfort and then break out or be willing to break out of that comfort zone? Yeah. Well, I mean, fortunately in my career, I've, I've, I've had the, um, I guess, you know, the luck, so every five, seven years, I've moved into a new role. Sometimes it's a new country or it's a new role. And I think that has kept me um, motivated and, and really because I think at the core of who I am, I love to solve problems. That's mm-hmm. really what energizes me. Um, but I also know that I can only take something to this level and you know, after a while, sometimes you need new thoughts, new ideas. So, um, and I, you know, so what, what I try and do is, you know, go into roles that challenge me. I can think, build a team, make sure that I work myself out of a job, which is, is you know, kind of making sure you have that succession really well established. And, um, and then, you know, finding something else that challenges you. And it could be a new project in the same job or it could be a totally new job. But I think you always have to, to you know, kind of infuse yourself with whatever works for you. Um, and for me, it's a new challenge, a new project, a new experience. Those are the things that really get me excited. And, you know, I've been fortunate that I've had that journey in my career. And even in my current role, um, you know, coming back into this region to really help the region recover from COVID. I mean, yeah. you know, the region was obviously a new region, especially that was very reliant on tourism or services in all of the markets that, that I supervised. You know, all of them were badly affected by, by the pandemic in one way or the other. So it, it really excites you know, to come in, how can we change? How can we be different? Because we also have to realize COVID has changed us. It's changed our plans, you know, for the things that they want and need. So um, that's an opportunity for, 
you know, a renewal and new ideas. So, you know, that's what that's what drives me every day. And I'm so excited to be back and seeing the the growth of the region and what we've been able to do over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and and especially to to be fair in Jamaica, the the development has exploded in Jamaica. It's so inspiring to see, you know, yeah. and and to, your your debt to GDP ratio, how it's just fallen. You know, it's really incredibly impressive. I think um, it's an example of partnership, you know, between the private sector, civil society, the government, the unions, the um, you know, religious organizations. Everybody came together um, and really said, you know what, we're on the precipice. That's really where we were. We're staring yeah. over into the abyss. <laughs> Are we going to pull ourselves back? And I think everybody held hands together. And of course, with the help of the IMF, etc. And we pulled ourselves back. But it really was this partnership, you know, that that really had to take some hard decisions together. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the government sector, they froze wages for years. Yeah. Um, you know, the banks um, restructured debt. Um, everybody took a piece of the, the pain, if you want to call it that. And um, I think we're reaping the benefits of those decisions, plus successive governments that followed making the right choices. So yeah. I think, um, you know, it, it, it is amazing to see the transformation of the country. And every year I come back and, you know, I walk around or drive around and I, I'm like amazed by what I see today. Absolutely spectacular. You know, it was interesting when you were talking about, um, you know, the different heads of the different banks and how they're all from different places. It almost sounds as though it's like a pollination exercise. So, you know, how, how the bees pollinate flowers and and it's, you're going to get, whether it's, it's um, intentional or unintentional, through that model, you're going to get such an amazing um, new way of thinking because you have somebody leading the bank who has a completely different lived experience and cultural experience than the rest of the, most of the rest of the people in the bank. And that's going to infuse something different. And then that they're going to take what they've learned there onto the next assignment. So is that intentional? Is that by design or did that just work out accidentally in the bank said, you know what, this works? No, I think, you know, what we have realized is, and, you know, I saw it with myself, is that a country head is a very difficult role. I mean, it's, um, you know, you 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 have to, you know, you're, it doesn't matter the size of the country, you have to deal with the regulator, you have to deal with um, different stakeholders that have varying interests. And, you know, sometimes when you grow up in your own country, um, you don't get to see what other experiences are in maybe all markets. I mean, Trinidad is very different, the economy from Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we have found is when we when we put you outside of your comfort zone, where you have to now learn to build new relationships, learn to deal with a different regulator, learn how to build, mm -hmm. you know, teams outside of the comfort zone that you may have if you sort of grow up in an organization, it teaches you different skills. <clears throat> so certainly, um, 
going to Trinidad, you know, forced me to be able to walk into a room where I didn't know anybody and be comfortable in that space because in Jamaica, I knew everybody. So when I walked yeah, in... And everyone knew you. You had built your reputation brick by brick. Exactly. So that's a different experience. It's a different, you know, conversation. And, you know, it was hard. It was very hard in the beginning. Um, but it, it, it forced me to, to come out of my comfort and develop new skills <laughs> Sorry, that perhaps I wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's something that we've learned along the way, and you um, see how you survive in a different environment. And then are you ready for the difficult role of a puncture head, which is yeah. itself a very challenging experience. So let me ask you, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I made us take uh, a loss in Um, <laughs> sorry, the best advice I ever received was actually in college, and that's what I mean um, about building teams. <clears throat> well, it's two one two advices. Um, one is don't buy what you don't know. It was for my trading days. And this is something, yeah. um, yeah, or, you know, <coughs> buy what you want to, you know, sort of don't buy what you don't know, buy what, what, you know, you're surrounded by. So if you know that you drink Coke mm -hmm. you know, and the product, you, you know what it is, you can describe it, you, you know, you can tell right. someone about it. <coughs> um, that will, um, that's an easy thing to translate to somebody in banking. So, you know, that's why we encourage our advisors, make sure when you're, you know, giving advice that you understand the product, you know what you're talking about. That's very important. And then the other thing he said to me was, um, surround yourself with people brighter than yourself. Mm. When he said it at the time, I was like, what is he talking about? I want to be the brightest person in the room. Like, I want to be the brightest person in the team and I want to have all the glory. But what you realize as you grow in an organization is that you are, um, you can't do it alone. Like these organizations are too complex or too big. You need a strong team around you. And um, that's what I've learned in life is that you do everything through people. We're in a people business, first of all, that's what banking is. And when you have that strong team, they all buy into your vision. They each bring different thoughts, different ideas, different diversity of thought. That's when you get that secret sauce. That's when you get the, the high performing um, enterprise. So surround yourself with people brighter than yourself. You don't have to know it all. You just have to have that team that can support you and um, stick to what you know. Like, um, be curious, learn new stuff, but make sure that when you're giving somebody advice that um, you actually understand it, which is, you know, I'm the old-fashioned banker, and that's, that's um, something I believe in. That's wonderful. I was, um, and, and that's, that's so true. Eh? It's, it's building the team because no matter how smart you are, how good you are, you can't get it done alone. So you... For sure. Secret sauce, as you say, 
is, yeah. is in surrounding yourself with, with really capable people and empowering them to be able to do what they do best. And that will take you on your journey. Yeah. I can and I teach people, you know, I can teach people what a, you know, a bank account is, a credit card and stuff. But I, but I can't want you to have that conversation with somebody. You know, it's, it has to be in the belief that you have in our, in where are we going? What am I part of this organization? What does it mean to me? What am I contributing? And when, when you can get people motivated and empowered, and really feeling a part of something almost bigger than themselves, um, that's that's what that's what does work. So a lot of my time is spent, and that's probably where I'm losing my voice a bit. A lot of my time is spent talking, communicating, like really really selling the story of who we are and what we believe as an organization and and whole. Um, you know, we help people and communities. That's that's what I do every day. I'm always on a plane trying to get out there and see our customers and and you know get people excited about um, the job that they're in. That's that's a hard that's half of leadership. If you can get that person to to be there with you, and you know the rest of the job is fun because everybody's yeah. excited. You know, the funny thing about banking is that people don't realize how important banks are until something goes wrong. When you hear somebody's lost their life savings or something went wrong. But the rest of the time, it just takes along very quietly and is there when you need it. And, you know, you build your life around having access to, to this institution. It's almost, for the first time in my life, I think I'm feeling sorry for bankers because it's <laughs> a very sort of um, thankless, you know. Thankless job. <laughs> <laughs> That's big, you know, you want you want to know when you go to that ATM or you go, you know, so the amount of conversations I have every year about cybersecurity, regulations, AML, um, it's what I you know, it's you know, everybody wants to open up a, a sort of a, a some sort of financial services company of some sort. But what is what goes on behind the scenes to really protect and, and yeah. to be sure we're always going to be there um, is a is is a huge army of very talented people that are thinking every day about how do we protect um, our customer and make the right decision every single yeah. day. And um, so it's it's um, it, you have to love it. This is not a yeah. this is not a job or the faith of heart. You have to love what you want to do and. Because you are, you know, taking on a huge responsibility every single day. Yeah, and people are quick to cuss when something goes wrong and hardly yeah. ever think, oh, thanks to my bank. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just saw all the flights in the U.S. were grounded when the FAA system went down, you know, so I'm like, great, it's not a bank. It's, <laughs> it happens, it happens. Like, systems actually go down, I'm sorry, but... This is what happens, you know, we're dealing with with systems, they, they yeah. fail as much as we build in redundancy and try, you would think the FAA that controls the entire flight you think. in the US, you would think, could never go down. Could never, yeah. It, I mean, every flight in the US was grounded, I mean, it was, when you think of what that meant, um, it's, you know, yeah. but it, it happens. and. Um, 
But that doesn't mean we can't improve. That doesn't mean we can't communicate better. And that's something that we obviously continue to work at every single day. Yeah, as a really close family member that I deeply love, uh, is a huge conspiracy theorist. And he's always saying, oh, you know, all of these things, the serious things are going on in the background. I was like, we're not smart enough to do all of that. <laughs> you know? I said, it's not that we don't have, you know, bad intent. But, you know, when you see things like the FAA going down, you're like, you know what, we're not, we're not quite as advanced as we think we are. It's, um, I know it's, uh, you know, it's, and that, that just shows how personal people take their backs, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's um, a famous story of our president was visiting Jamaica one day and he was traveling back to Canada and he was sitting on a plane and got talking to, you know, the, the passenger beside him and, um, you know, they got talking and what do you do? And he said, well, you know, I work at Scotia Bank and he goes, really, you know, Oh, and he goes, well, what are you doing in Canada? And <laughs> this was the president of the background guy. And then, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am the president of the background. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that we had moved, we had operations in Canada. <laughs> no <laughs> way! That's how Jamaicans, you know, because right, how personal we've been here so long. We've been here yeah. almost 30 oh, years. That's hilarious. What are you doing in Canada? <laughs> he, used to, he used to tell that story all the time. And he's like, you know, Jamaica has operated in Canada. So, <laughs> so it was, um, it, you know, we're just a part of people's lives. And we've kind of grown up with, you know, 130 years of Jamaicans. So. Uh, it's a part of who we are. I get a sense that um, that Scotia Bank has a really good sense of humor. I remember just before I left Jamaica, the head of Scotia was at jazz festival, and they had sponsored this booth. And the uh, the the head of the bank was we happened to be coming in at the same time, and I knew it. I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And so he gets to the table, and the girl checking him in, who should have recognized him because he was always in the news, whatever else. But she did, and she says. Hi, um, can I get your name? So he gives her his name, which you think would sort of light a light bulb, and it doesn't. And she says, and, and what do you do? He was like, I'm, I'm catering. And she starts to write it down, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, this is the person who employs 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 you. <laughs> it's not catering. <laughs> no, I missed all this. Yes, I mean, um especially with COVID, you know, we weren't able to have a lot of those events. So looking forward to um, to becoming a caterer again. <laughs> going, out, <laughs> going out and being able to sponsor some of those events and get back into, you know, some of a little bit of the normalcy of what life used to be like in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait myself. Yeah. But thank you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation. This is a great catch up. It feels like we recorded the catch-up <laughs> for everybody. Yes. Thank you so much. And, and thank you thank you from me doing this. But thank you on behalf of all of us who have been able to watch you rise, you know, from strength to strength and doing new things and inspire me especially, but I know Carrie Ann and so many others who have watched you, um, able to feel like, you know what, why not me? So thank you for the chances you've taken and all of the things that you've done and all of the ways that you make us very, very proud. 
Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, my next visit down, I will have to all get together. It's been too long. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cool stuff. Bye. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Getting to the Top, where we, as you can tell, interview transformational leaders about their leadership journey. I hope this has inspired you just half as much as it's inspired me, because um, this is truly a phenomenon and we want to see more women like this get to the top and show what they're made of and highlight Caribbean talent, but not just Caribbean talent, highlight talent from all kinds of places. We need that diversity of leadership globally and it's really important for us achieving our best, best possible future. So thank you so much for joining. And if you haven't, please subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Bye.